Leonard, guitar player for Theory of a Dead Man. You're listening to GeekCast Radio Network. Now we have to get him wasted and get him a hooker. <laughs> uh, okay, um, that birthday gift is always an STD. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, man, you have no idea how awesome it is to talk to you because I actually... I saw you guys here in Louisville back in 2003 at an outdoor show at a place called Jillian's. Oh, and that, that, that place is closed way down. Back. Yeah, way back when you guys were. I, I've been a fan since since the very beginning. Uh, as soon as I heard Invisible Man on the Spider-Man soundtrack, I was hooked. That was our first. Uh, that was our first real song that got any kind of uh, you know uh, public uh, play. You know. The, before that, uh, that, that was on Spider-Man before a record came out, so that was like the yeah. first thing, man. That's the first thing. Welcome to GeekCast Radio. I am your host, TFG and Mike, and today I'll be talking with the Everyday Man guitarist, Dave Renner. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. This is like a dream come true. <laughs> hey, sweet. For me, too. For me, too. You guys are... Theory of a Dead Man is one of my all-time favorite bands. Uh, I can listen to your entire catalog front to back without missing a beat and just constantly so so this is just a thrill for me um well, it's always our goal you know we always wanted people to not just like two or three songs from every record we always wanted everybody to like you know every song from every record so. and see that's the thing with me like there are certain bands and certain artists i can listen to but i only like maybe four or five songs off of their records i think there's maybe only two songs in the entire theory of a dead man catalog that i i, I just don't really listen to it's not that i dislike them but they're just songs that I'm not, I don't even listen to that much. Hey, but two, I mean, two or three, that's not bad. I'll take that. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Kicking things off here, uh, I found interviews from Theory over the years, and I don't think any – I always try to find the most, you know, out there question. I don't think anyone's ever asked you guys this question. Where did the band name come from? I read online that it came from one of the songs off the first album. Can you set the record straight? Yeah, it was uh, one of the songs off the first record was uh, on the record. is titled The Last Song. Mm -hmm. uh, it was always one of my faves from that record, but uh, that song uh, was quite an old song and actually used to be titled Theory of a Dead Man. And uh, the whole song sort of is based around the premise of somebody who's uh, considering uh, committing suicide and, and basically starts to write sort of the memoirs of things that he loves and will miss if he's gone. And, and through writing uh, these memoirs, kind of talks himself out of, uh, out of doing it. So that was uh, the whole premise behind the Theory of a Dead Man. And uh, and then uh, when we started doing pre-production for our first record, we ended up changing the title of that song. And I mean, we literally, uh, we literally had like label interest before we had a, our band name figured out. And it was Dean that said, "Hey, let's call ourselves Theory of a Dead Man." It was something we all liked. And uh, and then we stuck with it as our band name. That's awesome! So awesome. Does it amaze you that you guys are ten years old? Uh, you know what? Uh, you know, for some reason, it doesn't really amaze me. Uh, I know that uh, it's, I've seen so many awesome bands come and go, and I know that this industry can, like, you know, it can chew you up and spit you out as quickly as it brought you in, you know. But uh, I, I don't know. I feel like we've always had a good, strong work ethic. We've always been willing to do whatever it takes, you know, to make our band a success. And and that means, you know, never saying no to, you know, any interviews or anything. You know, if people wanted to talk to us, we wanted to talk to them about us. So, uh, you know, uh, we've always been willing to pound the pavement and play small shows, big shows, medium shows, you know, and just uh, meet our fans after the shows. And, and I think that uh, the fact that our band has such a good dynamic within our, you know, the, the four of us personality-wise, we never... And we never disagree or, you know, get in fights about anything. In 10 years, I could probably count our fights on two fingers. So, uh, you know what, it doesn't totally blow me away, but at the same time, I'm, I'm very happy to be where we are, and we feel pretty blessed to be able to do this and make a living doing it. So. Yeah. Um, as far as tours go, you guys just finished uh, the Avalanche tour. Uh, I believe that was last year, or it might have been earlier this year that you finished it, and now you guys are starting Carnival of Madness. What's the best part for you personally on tours? Uh, you know, there's a lot of really fun things. For for me, uh, when you look at a tour like Carnival of Madness, for me it's sort of about the the, the brotherhood of the bands. We've uh, we've toured with all these most of these bands before, and we get along well with everybody. And you know, you get on the road, and it's like uh, it's just a big family. Everybody's excited to see each other. Everybody's hanging out, throwing baseball, throwing football, of course, playing hockey. Right for us Canadians. And right, uh, yeah. you know we're just having a we're just having a good time out on the road, and it's like uh, it's like not having to grow up, man, and just hanging out with your buddies uh, all day every day. Uh, so uh, it, it's something that's hard to describe, but something that you really can't beat. Yeah. How, how many uh, in your all's history? Like I know that I from reading other interviews and from seeing other videos that you guys have done. Um, you guys always talk about pranking each other and other bands. Has any of that really started yet on the new tour? <laughs> no, I mean, uh, literally tonight's the first night of this tour, and uh, and uh, Adelita's way on stage right now, and, and tonight's pretty much the, hey, what's up, kind of 
first night. How's everybody doing? Hugs all around. But uh, you know what? I think all the bands know each other pretty well. There's a good chance there could be some serious debauchery going on on this tour. <laughs> you have to check back with me when we see you uh, later in the month. <laughs> yeah, you guys are actually going to be, I believe, at Freedom Hall here in Louisville, Kentucky on August 26th, and I would love to go. I My problem is I don't have a, you know, I, I don't drive, so that's just getting getting there is the issue, but I, I would love to see you guys again. It's been too long since I've seen you in concert. Yeah, man, you got to come. We're playing a bunch of the new tracks uh, from the new record. The truth is we got a, a couple of cool songs that we're playing. And uh, for us, which is for us exciting, you know, anytime we start uh, throwing new stuff into the set, it's uh, an exciting time for us. So I'm uh, pretty excited uh, about the upcoming shows. Yeah. When you guys do your all set lists, uh, well, how does that, how do the songs that, how do you choose the songs that really go into each night's set list? Or is it is it different every night? No, it's not different every night. I mean, we kind of try to, you know, sort of set a base set and then maybe throw a few variables in that can change in and out here and there. But, you know, the idea for us for a tour like uh, like Carnival is to, to sort of set up, you know, what, what works. And, and the only way to do that is by playing a few different songs here and there. It's getting really hard to make a set list because, you know, if we have a one-hour set, I mean, we had eight singles from Stars and Souvenirs, so, you know, in an hour set, we're playing, like, maybe 12 songs. Yeah. And uh, so we're cutting singles from the set, to, you know, to put album cuts in just because we want to play some album cuts. And <laughs> and it starts to get really tough because, you know, you do some festival, and they're like, you got 40 minutes tonight. And we're like, 40 minutes, man. Holy cripes, what are we going to do here? <laughs> uh, but, but you know what? It's just uh, we, we know the ones uh, that the fans really want to hear, and we really want to play those ones because... Uh, you know, that's that's what you know, your fans are your fans because they love certain songs. And, you know, we always try to appease the majority and play uh, some of the you know the big songs like Bad Girlfriend or Hey My Life. Uh, and also play some songs off the new record that we just want to play and try out and test out. And I think that for us, discovering which songs are going to be singles, uh, you know, for, for us, we have to do some research and play them for the fans and see how the reaction uh, live is as well. Yeah. Um, you mentioned scars and souvenirs. Do you think that the truth is has the potential to do what the truth, what um, what scars did? I think so. I mean, we look at our, our the history of our band, and we feel like uh, there's been growth uh, every record, right? Like we we've built a fan base uh, off of touring, and uh, those people are still our fans, and we go and see them, and uh, they come and see us, and we write. You know, when we write records, we really focus on making. Uh, you know, every song, uh, a song that could be single-worthy. I don't think there's any reason why you should focus on, you know, picking a few songs and making those your singles and then throwing the rest of the record together. We really want to make it so that if, you know, the time was permitting, every song could be a single. But, you know, yeah. I think that uh, we're really proud of the truth is, and we think that uh, it's, in our opinion, you know, we're, we just keep getting better, and we that's how we've wanted to do it. So, uh, you know, I think we'll be disappointed in ourselves if uh, if we don't, you know, repeat the success that we had with scars well as as i heard tyler say once to to people who who gave uh scars bad reviews he said keep giving it bad reviews it'll just get better and better for us <laughs> yeah oh man you know it's just the truth i mean in the end you know we look at like rolling stone magazine dogging on that zeppelin back in the days and stuff it's yeah. like uh you know at some point you just got to remember that that's one guy's opinion and and uh you know you just keep keep rolling forward and for every one guy that doesn't like it man you gotta hope that there's a thousand that do so 
uh, you know, that's how we, that's the attitude we take, and we just, uh, we focus on the people that do like the record and, and uh, party with them. Yep. Uh, musically on the truth is, you guys added horns on a few tracks. To me, other than that, it seems to be the same sound that you guys have had over the years. I guess the saying is, if it's broke, don't fix it. But is there anything different you would have done with the truth is, other than what it actually is now? No, you know what? Uh, for for us, you know, when you start messing with stuff like horns, it's it's something that we've kind of done on every record. You know, we like we're like, hey, you know, it'd be cool to try working a song out with something like this. Uh, but there, for some reason, with the truth is, it almost sort of presented itself. We played these songs that just almost felt like they wanted to have horns in them before anybody even brought up the idea, and it was like. Yeah, they would maybe sound really cool. And, you know, the more records you do, you start to get a bit of a budget for stuff like that. And we're like, you know what, let's let's spend some money and see how it sounds. Get a get a group of guys out here that can play the shit out of some horns and see how it sounds. And, and uh, they came out and they did it, and we were like, you know what, it's a marriage, man. These things, this is perfect. And, uh, you know, I don't think horns, a lot of people say it's just not rock and roll, but, man, go listen to Bad Motorfinger by Soundgarden. There's horns all over that thing. So, uh, you know, horns can be rock and roll, you know. Anything can be rock and roll if you apply it, right? That's right. Um, I read, because I, I, I've tried to come up with questions that no other interview that you guys have done recently has asked you. Um, I read another one where you said that Drag Me to Hell is the hardest sounding song you guys have ever done. Were there any other hard songs you guys worked on but didn't make the new album? Um, no, you know, we're, we're pretty focused when it comes to working on songs and and anything that we kind of work on, we usually end up uh, recording because, uh, or otherwise we scrap it early. But you know what? I think uh, there's some some heavy songs on this record. I think We Were Men kind of has this heavy, dark undertones. But uh, as far as just straight up heavy riffage, uh, I think Drag Me to Hell is probably the heaviest song uh, that we've ever written. Yeah. Um, so the bitch came back is. A Canadian nursery rhyme? Well, not exactly. Yeah. No, those, I know, uh, I know. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's a nursery rhyme either. It was some kind of thing, man. It was called "The Cat Came Back," and I remember growing up, and it was, you know, a little song that you know you would sing along to Fred Penner or whoever, and and uh, yeah, it was the cat came back. The very next day, the cat came back. Thought he was a goner, but the cat came back. He couldn't stay away, and and then one day uh, I was just at Tyler's place for salmon and. He's like, you remember that cat came back? I'm like, yep. And he goes, I want to do that, but the bitch came back. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So we and literally just jammed it right in front of me, and I was like, that sounds awesome. And for me, we didn't realize that this was only something that people really knew in Canada. Uh, yeah. You know, it was just something that we just thought was, you know, from back when we were kids, you know, growing up, uh, yeah. maybe just uh, lost in that generation. But uh, then we started sort of asking around and uh, the, the Americans that we talked to just didn't uh, didn't really know what we were talking about. We're like, oh, because we were thinking, hey, perfect. Uh, it's a melody everybody already knows. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, mostly Canadian, I think. I saw uh, today before we did before we did this interview on the on the band's website that you guys are asking for extras on a new music video. Can you tell us what song is getting the new video? It's actually Bitch Came Back and we we already filmed it. And we did have a few people fly out from from different places, man, Oklahoma City, and I don't know. Some people came out, and the, the whole premise was we were just playing some kind of beach, or not like a pool party in Malibu. And then a bunch of chicks in bikinis and, you know, stuff like that. So it was, it was torture. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's another torturous video shoot like Bad Girlfriend in the strip club. <laughs> and uh, now a beach or a pool party, you know, it's a tough life, man. Yeah. If you had to pick your three favorite songs off The Truth Is, what would they be and why? Uh, I think uh, I would pick uh, We Were Men. Uh, just because, uh, I don't know, I think it's, it, for me, uh, Tyler being the guy that writes a lot about uh, relationships and his relationships and stuff like that, it's cool for me to see him really write something that's way outside of his realm of comfort, but also nail it so, so rad, like it just it sounds so awesome. That, and we always have so many uh, military uh, people come to our show, it's cool to kind of, you know, give a song uh, without a bit of a shout out to these people. Uh, another song called Gentleman, which is a song that we'll be playing live for the first time tonight, uh, just because I just think it rocks, man. Like, it's upbeat, fun to play. Uh, and another song, I think uh, Hurricane is one of my favorites, too, and I think it's just uh, I think it's just an emotional roller coaster, that song. So uh, I'm always, I've always been a guy that's a fan of emotional music and, and uh, singers pouring their hearts out. So uh, those are my three picks. Yeah. Uh, for me, because I actually, I got the um, the special edition off of iTunes that had a bunch of bonus tracks on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, my favorite uh, out of the bonus tracks is Villain. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, we recorded that in uh, just after uh, the Scars and Souvenirs session. So, uh, yeah, we did that one uh, quite a while ago. But, yeah, that's a cool track. Yeah. If you guys ever did a video for that, it has to be based off of, like, superheroes and supervillains or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we, that's what we keep saying. We're like, how come this song can't get into some kind of a superhero movie or something? It's perfect. <laughs> I know. I know. You were talking about We Were Men earlier, and uh, in another interview, I think it was with you, was some other website, I don't know, I... I believe it was either you or Tyler that said it was originally supposed to be on Scars and Souvenirs. Yeah, we started we started jamming that song kind of uh, before we did the Scars record, and uh, you know it was such a such a early stages of that song, and we were sort of close to getting to the point where we were going to start recording, and so we'd fiddled with it just briefly, and then kind of we we're just like you know what uh, we don't we don't need another song right now. We got enough songs to record. Uh, you know this is just not far along enough, and let's uh, let's focus on what we have. And then when we started jamming for this record, uh, I just sort of said to Tyler, I'm like, hey, you remember when we were jamming a song, We Were Men? He's like, yeah, I'm like, let's jam that again, man. That song's ready to come come together here. Let's put it out. And uh, so we just started working on it, and it just came together so well, man. I couldn't have been happier. Yeah, it's a it's a really, really awesome song. How can people, besides like the website, and I, I, I know you guys, I know the band is on Twitter, uh, it's at T-O-A-D-M. Are you on Twitter or Facebook or anything for people to interact with you, or are, are you the no, one that I'm, actually runs band Twitter? I'm, no, Tyler does the band's Twitter. Uh, Dean is also, our bass player Dean is also on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am the one guy that is not into Twitter or Facebook or MySpace or any of those social networks uh, I call them anti-social networks because it just keeps people from actually socializing in person. Uh, so you know what? I'm trying to hold out as long as I can. Uh, if you want to interact with me, just come to the show and, and let's hang out and have a drink. <laughs> That's what I do. It's old school. So I'd like to thank Dave Brenner from Theory of a Dead Man. Cause I'm alone.